This is CPX number 74, Confession Part 2. We are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 85. Question and answer, just number 15 to 18 today. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. As most of you know, CPX number 73 was our first on confession. We have several on confession coming up. Normally I read you the Pope's words, and then I pick a few of those and give my words. Today I'm going to pepper in my words on each one of these because there's something to say on each one. So let's begin with question and answer number 15. Why is confession called an accusation? Answer, confession is called an accusation because it must not be a careless recital, but a true and sorrowful manifestation of our sins. Okay, a few words of my own here. You know, someone had told me once about a woman who called into a Catholic radio station, and she explained that her Protestant friend, she was a convert from Protestantism to Catholicism, and her Protestant friend said, well, what's your favorite of the sacraments? And she said, confession. Maybe you've heard me tell this story before. Well, her Protestant friends were surprised. They thought that they... They thought that she would have said that's her least favorite uh, sacrament as a, uh, as a Protestant convert to Catholicism. And they said, why is that your favorite? And this lady said, because after I leave the confessional, the devil has no more accusations. Now, I don't know if this woman was a traditional Catholic. She may not have known that the traditional way of confessing your sins was to begin the confession with first, how long it's been. Secondly, your state in life. So she would probably say a married woman. And thirdly... I accuse myself of the following sins. Now, some people might say that verb accuse might sound a little bit negative. But here's the thing is, what you accuse yourself of, you cannot be accused of by demons at the final judgment, or rather even at your particular judgment. What you, what you accuse yourself of in the confessional, again, you'd go in and you'd say, I am a, uh, it's been a month since my last confession, I'm a single man, or I'm a married woman, or I'm a religious brother, and I accuse myself of the following sins. Again, that sounds a little bit negative, but the beauty in all of this is, this is a court, you know, confession isn't only a surgical room, it's also a court case. And the beautiful thing is, the judgment is always forgiven, provided you're found worthy, as we talked about in CPX 73, provided you're worthy of absolution through sorrow. The verdict is always forgiven. And so the beautiful thing is you are both the accuser and the one who's going to be exonerated, please God. So when you say, I accuse myself of the following sins, you will not answer for those sins at your particular judgment, um, provided you were sorry for those sins. So this woman, even if she wasn't a traditional Catholic who knew this is how we should start our confession, she hit something very, very profound, and she was correct. What she accuses herself in the confessional she will not be accused of at her particular judgment when she goes before the throne of God. Because as I mentioned before, remember when you go before the throne of the Blessed Trinity at your death, all of the saints will be there, all of the angels, and most of the mystics I've read, at least as far as I can remember, demons and even the condemned souls will be there because everything's going to play into this. But when you are covered on the planet, on planet Earth, by the blood of Jesus, before you get before him as judge, that which you've confessed is covered by the blood of Jesus. What a powerful sacrament we're talking about here. Number 16, what is satisfaction or penance? Answer, satisfaction or penance is that prayer or other good work which the confessor enjoins on the penitent in expiation of his sins. Okay, a few of my own words here. Remember the mnemonic I gave you last time for the four parts of confession. CCAP, contrition, confession, absolution, and penance. 
And remember, you're responsible for three of those, contrition and confession and penance. Penance is what you do after you leave the confessional. And that's what the Pope is talking about here, this prayer or other good work, which you do when you leave there. And so remember, last time I mentioned that a lot of people see the penance as this cherry on a cake, but if we were to look at the cake of confession as a three-layer cake, the three parts you're responsible for, it's again contrition, confession of all of your sins, and then penance. So penance is one of the three main parts of the cake. It's not just the cherry on the cake. you got to do your penance to be forgiven. Now, I just mentioned a second ago confession of all of your sins. Let's talk about if you forget to confess a mortal sin. Now, first of all, to stave this off, my first suggestion is just to always write down your sins before you go into the confessional so you don't leave wondering this. Now, the Catholic Church teaches that if you have honestly forgotten a mortal sin, you are forgiven that at absolution, but you are required to confess it the next time. And as we talked about in CPX 73, if you purposefully hide a mortal sin, the entire confession is invalid. It's obviously a huge difference right there. You forget it, and the whole confession, including the forgotten sin, is forgiven. But if you purposely hide it, the entire confession is invalid. So it's better to avoid both of those by just writing down your mortal sins and numbering them. Remember, you don't have to number your venial sins, but you do have to number your mortal sins. As I said in previous videos, if you're making a lifetime confession, also called a general confession, and you can't remember the number of mortal sins, you might just want to say dozens or hundreds of thousands before each specific sin. I don't mean to make a joke of that because a lot of people, after they come back, have to number things dozens, hundreds, or thousands. And as I've said before, the one thing greater than our ability to sin is Jesus' ability to forgive it. So he can forgive sins in the thousands, thanks be to God. Number 17, what is absolution? Answer, absolution is the sentence which the priest pronounces in the name of Jesus Christ when remitting the penitent sins. As I said before, you have to hear the words, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in either English or Latin or Vietnamese or Portuguese, whatever you're listening to from the priest's mouth, you have to hear that uh, for it to be valid. Number 18, of all the parts of the sacrament of penance, which is the most necessary? Answer, of all the parts of the sacrament of penance, the most necessary is contrition because without it, no pardon for sins is obtainable while with it alone, perfect pardon can be obtained provided that along with it there is the desire, at least implicit, of going to confession. Okay, now there's a lot to unpack on this one right here. As I've said before, the difference between imperfect contrition and perfect contrition is this. Imperfect contrition for your sins, that's imperfect sorrow for your sins. That means you're just afraid of going to hell. Perfect contrition means you're not just afraid of going to hell, but you're also sorry to Jesus because your sins have crucified him. The only way I know of to be saved without either baptism or confession, if you're dying in either original sin or mortal sin, is the gift of perfect contrition, sorrow for your sins before our Lord Jesus Christ. But as the Pope here said, you also have to have with that at least the implicit desire of going to confession. So let's say you committed a mortal sin on Friday, you meant to go to confession on Saturday, but you had to get on a flight somewhere on Monday, and then while you're in the air, this airplane's going down and you're still in mortal sin, can you be saved? Yeah, you want to make an act of perfect contrition. Sorry for your sins for not just the prospect of going to hell, but also uh, out of sorrow for having offended God, for crucifying Jesus. This is a really interesting answer that the Pope gives, I think especially to modern ears, because we especially listen for the words of the priest to give us absolution. We, we would think the most important part of confession is absolution. 
And it is extremely important. Um, you know, not even a, not even an angel can do what I, as a priest, can do when I absolve somebody, because that is Jesus through me forgiving someone of sins, which is an infinite offense against God. So I don't mean to downplay absolution. It's extremely, extremely important. You have to hear absolution, as I just said in the last one, for the confession to be valid. But isn't that all the more amazing that Pope St. Pius X says the most important part of the sacrament of penance is therefore contrition? I heard of a seminarian once and he said, well, when I'm a priest, I'm going to, every time I, I am on the road and an ambulance passes me with lights and sirens on with someone in there, I'm going to give absolution to the patient in the back of the ambulance. I guess he was just going to kind of aim and say the words of absolution as the ambulance passes him. Kind of cute. Maybe it's even uh, well-intentioned, but it clearly doesn't have a traditional catechesis behind it. Why wouldn't that work for a future priest to aim his hand and give absolution to any passing ambulance, provided there's actually a patient in there? Well, f few problems with this. One, you have to know that the patient's baptized, and you can't know that as an ambulance passes you. And two, for confession to be valid, you have to have sorrow for your sins and the intention of being a good Catholic the rest of your life. You can't know that uh, just, you know, if you even if you just were on the street and you saw a stranger go down and had a heart attack, maybe even went into cardiac arrest or somebody in seizures, you can't just go over and give them absolution. You don't know if they're baptized. You don't know if they're Catholic. You, a priest doesn't even know if this person is sorry for their sins. Um, personally, if I were to see someone, say, if I were on a subway and um, somebody got shot, I would go over to that person and the first thing I would try to do is elicit faith. And the second thing I would do, you might be surprised at this, there's a lot of people in the Western Hemisphere, even in Europe now, who aren't baptized. I would find out if they're baptized. So if I could get someone to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, want to be forgiven of all their sins, provided they were still responsive after this gunshot wound, I would take the holy water out of my pocket that I always keep. And that's the very first thing I would do is baptize them, provided they gave consent for baptism to happen. So that's the first thing you should always think of. And you know, you lay people can always baptize in an emergency also. So um, when you see an emergency, um, the first thing you should think of is encouraging them, eliciting faith in Jesus Christ in the church. And thirdly, if you can, asking them if you can baptize them. And then don't be afraid to get some water and say their name and say, Roger, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not sure why I just picked the random name Roger. I don't think I've ever picked the name Roger for that. So last thing I want to tell you about today, I think we'll wrap it up at those questions. Today on my blog, I put something up called How to Use a Layman's Missal at the Traditional Latin Mass. Many of you are new to the Traditional Latin Mass since last year, and a lot of people get a little confused on all the ribbons in their Layman's Missal. And I have a uh, podcast series that you can find either on my blog or on the Apple Podcasts to teach you how to use the ribbons, how to use the Layman's Missal, and even a little bit of the spirituality of the Traditional Latin Mass. So if you look at my blog post today, just go to www.padreperegrino.com or .org. You will see that at the ending bumper with the music bumper, www.padreperegrino.org. You can find that blog where I explain how to use the layman's missile at the traditional Latin mass. Have a look at that. And I gave you in that both the option to listen on the blog and also the links to the Apple Podcasts. Please say an Our Father for me, et benedictio Dei omnipotentis, Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti, descendet super vos et maniat semper. Amen. <laughs>